Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Raised by Giants Illuminated Insights Discussion. We are live. Welcome, everyone, in the chat. Good to see you guys and any moderators or members out there. We have an amazing discussion for you guys here today with friend of the show, Shane the Ruiner. But a quick reminder, Super Chats and Super Stickers are available, and any Super Chat or Super Sticker will be read out live during the show. Also, PayPal and Buy Me a Coffee links are in the description as well and are a great way to help support the show. And a big thank you to everyone. Uh, that's helped support so far. I really appreciate the Rider Rangers. And also, if you would like to support the show monthly, you can sign up to be a Rider Ranger member, which gives you a little badge on your chat name and other perks. I've done, I've had several people in the past ask about a way to support the show monthly, but it seems like when you actually do it or create the avenue to do it, no one does it which is super strange. But if you'd like to support the show monthly, become a writer, Ranger member. So with us today, we have a friend of the show and frequent co-host, Shane the Ruiner. How's it going, Shane, brother? Good to see you. Another day in paradise, man. I am wonderful. How are you? Doing great, my friend. Isn't that really strange how like people, when they beg for something and they want something so bad and then you give it to them and then they no longer want it? Dude, I wrote a whole song about that at one point in time called You Wanted This. Um, because it's yeah, I've <laughs> too many times in my life have I bumped into that particular dynamic for sure. It's just really interesting. I don't know if it's something about uh, that is built into us like that, or if it's like our human nature, but it, it seems like that the more that people push for something and the more that people want something and then they finally get it, they just don't want it anymore. It's kind of like, uh, you know, chasing the dragon, you know, you're just like, Oh, when you finally get it, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it's kind of like becoming famous and being a famous actor, or, uh, you know, a, a child star. And then like, once you get it, you're like, Oh man, this is what all the hoopla is about. And then you, you no longer want it. And you want to go back to regular, normal, everyday society. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you hear story after story after story of that being true. And, you know, I think that that's uh, the message in that isn't that, you know, it's all hopeless. Why bother trying, which is what some people <laughs> kind of default to. But I think the message is that you need to focus more on the journey than the destination and really kind of appreciate, you know, even the work you have to put in to get there. Um, as part of that journey and as part of that finished product um, a little bit more than we tend to do. 
right? We were actually kind of just talking off air about, um, you know, we have a really wicked tendency to focus on the negative of things. And that's like, you know, you could call it genetic or evolutionary. We've had to worry about threats, right? And we, we've we've had to make sure that we see them because, you know, it's it's bad news when a snake or a tiger sneaks up on you, right? Or, um, you know, someone assassinates the king, whatever, modern examples of the same thing. And so that's why we're hyper fixated on the negative is is part of that uh, fight and flight mechanism. But we really do have to put effort into focusing on the good. And that's unfortunate, right? It's really um, something that a lot of people have a hard time doing. But if you really kind of take an assessment of things, you know, it's a not so bad, shut up your face. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those... Uh, you can train yourself to do it the same way that you're already trained to focus on the bad. And that's by being grateful for things and, you know, trying to make lists in your mind of things that are good instead of things that are bad once in a while. Yeah. And being hyped and excited for something, even though you don't really want to do it. I think that that's important. That's something that I realized as well. And, you know, listening to uh, the most recent episode with uh, Joe Rogan and The Rock, you know, that's something that I realized that you have to just be excited for doing dull and crappy things, like something that you don't want to do. Like, it's even even if it's like washing the dishes, right? You don't want to, you're putting off washing the dishes, just get in the kitchen and be like, yo, I'm going to wash every one of these freaking dishes right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and also like, that energy then expands out to other people as well. You know, I've used the example several times on the show in the past. Like if you come in and you're like, Oh man, this, uh, welcome back to raised by giants. Uh, I'm writer Lee. No one's going to listen to that shit. You know, like you got to come in with some sort of enthusiasm to it. And then that reverberates out onto other people. It's like whenever someone does something that's uh, really cool, like let's say they throw a piece of trash into a trash can that's really far away. Everyone around them is going to be like, yeah, whoo, he did it, you know? Yeah. One, like, you know, again, focusing on something positive because we can harp on negatives of the internet all day long. But one thing that I've noticed is people actually do require people to be real with them now. Right. Like you can't put on that fake news, cast your voice and do a podcast. It just does not work. You know, nobody really <laughs> wants to listen to that anymore either. But, um, you know, you, you also can't, you know, hey, guys, I just, uh, you know, I really like this video game. And I thought that um, I should, you know, you, you, there is a you have to be real. Right. You can't even just act your way through it most of the time anymore. Um, people see it. And that, that's a good thing. Right. That's a that's a sign of the rays of our consciousness. That's a sign of our um, learning from history. Are we going to raise our consciousness into the next evolutionary level above human and then all commit mass suicide? <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, be transformed into extraterrestrial shame? I hope not, right? Like, um, I kind of like human beings personally. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, it was really interesting. I actually had a show yesterday with a cult that I covered in the, my very first episode of UFO Doomsday Cult called the Aetherist Society. And they reached out to me and wanted me to come on their show. It was a very interesting conversation. We were all really uh, respectful of each other and our, you know, belief systems, but they kind of said that, you know, George King, because he was kind of the 
leader of this uh, Aetherius Society cult in their early 50s. And they were like, well, he has the truth. He was the truth. He knew all that is 100% the truth. Everything that he said, everything that he wrote about, all the lectures that he did was 100% the truth. And I'm like, was it? Was it really? Because there are several other people even before him that talked about almost identically the exact same thing. You know, Van Tassel from the Ashtar command cult in 1953, almost verbatim said the exact same thing that George King was talking about from the Aetherius Society cult. And I'm like, hey, like, that can be the truth for you. That can be your truth. You can believe George King and all of his writings and all of his teachings and all that. But that doesn't mean that I do. You know, my experience of life is different than your experience of life. So therefore, I'm going to have a different truth than you. You know, and it was a really respectful conversation. It was very interesting. Really, really interesting. And uh, hopefully they release it. I don't know if they're going <laughs> to. They might not release the uh, show because I don't know if that's exactly what they were, were expecting. But I'm like, if all these thoughts, ideas, and beliefs comes from a fraudulent source and they're being regurgitated into the community now, today, but with just words changed a little bit, that still makes it fraudulent. I mean, maybe not inherently. I can hear the argument from people in their heads right now saying, well, no, maybe they're just coming into the same thing, right? Because I do, obviously, that happens. I mean, the, the Joe Rogan podcast you're talking about, I quoted that because he, he basically repeats a line that I say all the fucking time, right? And it's like, he doesn't listen to me. So obviously, we're kind of, whatever, the morphogenic field and all of that. So there is an aspect of that. I get that. But at the same time, you know, the the fundamental um system within it all remains the same which is why you can trace it back and, and in my opinion and you know where i agree with you is it, it it's quite obviously if it were real then we would have some type of proof in the result by now right because as you've pointed out well in your work it goes back a long way you know it's not 2000 and it's not 1990 and it's not 1980 it's like 1920 and 1910 and, and even further back that the same ideology has been repackaged in the same kind of you know setting right aliens and motherships and you know that uh technological recapture of a rapture basically mm -hmm. right and um you know that in and of itself should just tell people that it's not real, right? It, it can't be because it has not happened. It's not happening. Everything that we see is indicating the opposite. And if you follow the belief structure through to its core, and I know I've said this a bunch of times, you know, it's not something that you actually want. They're actually heavily rooted in things like Marxist ideas and communist ideas and um, everything that you don't like when you hear the World Economic Forum people say it, you know, it's it's that's the end result of a lot of those ideologies and a lot of those belief systems, whether you want to look through it that far or not. But, you know, we hear the we hear the destination and we forget about the journey, even in that case. Right. And our, our want to believe in things uh, also helps as a kind of a constant dopamine hit along that voyage to keep us ignoring the fact that 
well, let's just put it this way. Like, how bad does it have to get here before your galactic command steps in and does something about it, people? <laughs> right? That's right. And Tim here says, what happened to Ashtar? Someone must be channeling him somewhere. Surely. Absolutely. I mean, there's channelers all over YouTube that are claiming the channel Ashtar and Shirian and all the Ashtar galactic command. But Van Tassel the original person that claimed to have channeled Ashtar said that everybody else that was channeling Ashtar were fake and fraudulent. That's always the, that's always it. Right. And we, we just saw Corey good do that in court. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, that, that's what they do. That's the only way to do it. And that isn't proof of anything. As far as I'm concerned, that's actually kind of anti-proof, if you will, and 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 um, not do, doesn't make the whole story look very good. Yeah, and the Ashtar thing—it's to say, uh, you know, to have also blew it. Like blue avians were being channeled before the Sphere Being Alliance ever existed, and and those things. And I, maybe I shouldn't be saying these words as to not get you sued, but you know what I mean, right? Like the, none of this stuff is new, and everybody who's kind of become famous through repackaging it. You know, they've not turned out to be very good people if you do your homework, you know, like not very many of these people live up to their um, status, let's say. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And the the whole thing with, you know, me bringing up the, the idea and the thought that, you know, Van Tassel, because no one brings up Van Tassel, like all the people that channel or claim to channel Ashtar or Shirian or the Ashtar Galactic Command, they don't ever tell you about Van Tassel back in the early 50s, which was the first person to claim that he channeled Ashtar. So it's just a, a really interesting dynamic. They don't even know the, the history of who they're claiming to channel. So on to the topic at hand. That was a good little introduction. Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, right? I've been really into this. I've been really getting into Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti. I've been watching all of the Bigfoot documentaries that I can possibly get my hands on. And it's a really fascinating subject, but it's almost feeling exactly like the UFO and extraterrestrials. Right? One, no proof, no evidence. And when people have no proof, no evidence, then it becomes interdimensional, becomes spiritual, becomes something completely different than a physical entity. Now, what I'm really interested in isn't the interdimensional aspects that people have used to explain away why there is no evidence and why there is no proof of Bigfoot existing. So what are your thoughts on Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and Yeti Sheen. Well, for me, it's a it's a knowing thing because I've seen and experienced. But um, you know, I've it's also just fascinating to watch. I, I get really upset a lot of the time when I'm listening to documentaries or even just people talking about it because I want to argue with them a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that a lot of people have never spent time in a forest. That that's a big part of it. Um, a lot of people have been very disconnected from, you know, nature in such a dramatic way that there's certain things that when you remember that connection are pretty 
common sense or you would call them almost like a you know everyone knows type of type it just makes sense that to us would seem almost magical you know like we we assume that we would be finding their bones all the time as an example but we don't really find a lot of animal bones on the regular and a lot of animals are dying every day right and there's a reason for that because a lot of that gets consumed right there's that and then the other part would be that a lot if if something like that were still alive it would be so far away from us that we probably aren't going there very often and um but what if they live underground shane or that right and that's the other part too is um we don't know how to deal with darkness <laughs> um they brought in some new camera i can't remember what year that was but it was a while ago uh one of the nat geo like discovery channel like things ended up doing a whole series on this because they finally had these cameras that could see at night well enough to catch these forms of life right and in that year that that camera came out i think they they ended up listing well over a thousand new species that we had no idea even existed on this planet things we thought couldn't because of the fact that it was dark and we never saw them right so, so if you've ever like been really deep into a forest and slept at night like the place is alive right you get into jungles that's a living entity and there's all sorts of things that only come out at night if i were trying to avoid people that's exactly what I would condition myself to do. I mean, as a human, I've done that, right? I've gone nocturnal as a human or worked nights or, you know, only stay, stayed up all night and slept all day just to avoid people. Um, you know, if, if I can do that, I'm sure that they've done that. So there's a bunch of different, you know, very logical arguments that kind of explain away a lot of the naysaying that when it comes to the proof aspect of them, um, especially if they are at any level conscious of their own life and death they might bury their dead they might take care of the corpses themselves right they might have some sort of family unit they might have some sort of civilization or tribal tribes on top of all of that we've found you know from Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well over 12,000 years ago, examples of species we didn't know existed recently doing this, burying their dead in these caves that would seem impossible to climb into. There was a guy on the Joe Rogan podcast just talking about that. His name escapes me, but... Um, Alex- yeah, I know which one you're talking about, where they, yeah. where they were talking about how... 
why would they go through so much trouble to bury uh, their dead? I think it was inside of like a cave, inside of a shaft, and then you had to crawl through and like all that just to bury their dead, which then brings up an entirely different line of thought. Why would we bury our dead? It doesn't really make any sense. I'm pretty sure that back in the day, they would just burn the corpse, right? It would be like a cremation. I mean, that's what the Vikings did, right? They would just uh, put their dead friends and loved ones on a raft and set it on fire and put it out in the ocean. A lot of the time, that too, right? And um, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different explanations that you could think of even, you know, as, as, as uh, unsavory as it sounds like cannibalism. They could do something that humans used to do, which was consume their own dead as part of a ritual, right? So um, there's a lot of different uh, explanations that would be perfectly, you know, logical that explains away a lot of the naysaying. And then, you know, I do like... I don't know. Proof is a tough thing when it comes to something like that. We we make a lot of assumptions about the fact that we think we know every nook and cranny of the world because we have satellite images and all of these different things, right? But um, we don't. And um, uh, as as much as they wish their satellites could see through, you know, canopy forests and things like that, they can't. Right? They're trying lidar things, uh, trying lidar in in these different areas and finding all sorts of new stuff all the time. If any, for those of you who are paying attention to archeology span or even the work of like Graham Hancock, or, you know, there's a bunch of different examples of all of this stuff that we're just figuring out that, you know, you would think based on the same line of logic that causes people to dismiss these things would be impossible, right? So, um, yeah. Well, when you look at just the United States, I mean, it's a fairly new country. Fairly new country. I mean, it was discovered a little over 500 years ago. <laughs> you know, before 500 years ago, you're telling me that people didn't know that this land even existed? <laughs> and and it, it, on that topic, with this topic, if you go back to 5,000 years or 500 years ago, the people who were here were warning, hey, there's something in that those forests you, you don't want to mess with, right? It's not a bear but you don't want to go in there. Right. And they had how many different words for it. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I, I would think that maybe they knew something about it. Right. And yeah, I've heard the, the explanation that it was probably, uh, I always fuck up the name starts with a G Pendek something Pendek giant ape, basically a giant ape that was a land dwelling ape that we know existed. Um, at some point in time and maybe there was one or two of them that you know lived and and whatever up to some reasonable point in time in our, our most recent history but you know if you can just take that same step and say that they never really died off and maybe it's just one of these different versions of humanoid that we keep finding right <laughs> that um you know we haven't found yet because they're not all dead yet right and um again the same mental gymnastics that explain it away can be done to just make it seem dumb not to believe that it's not there, right? If you think of, you know, more of Canada's undiscovered or unwalked on by man than is occupied or has been discovered or walked on by man. Like that's, Canada is a massive country. That's a lot of land, right? There's this whole stretch between BC and the Yukon where people have just never been. And it's the most dense interior forest you could imagine, 
right? There's parts of like like that all over Ontario where it's you know, you just look at it on a map and very easily think, yeah, wouldn't be too hard for something like that to live there, and just avoid us. Well, I think the the issue becomes with just like anything else in the community, Bigfoot and Yeti and Sasquatch are used to explain away events that probably have a different kind of explanation, right? Like the uh, Dyatlov Pass event in Russia in 1959, you know, that very interesting case, but then also the Kamar Daban incident in 1993 that uh, me and Trey Hudson covered the other day, which is a very fascinating case. I don't know if you've heard of the case. I'll just uh, reiterate it really quickly. There was this uh, group of hikers that were going up in a mountain in Russia, very young people uh, led by a, uh, a very experienced woman. And in uh, hiking, she knew the area it was a very uh, touristy place. They all make their way up the mountain. They uh, the weather starts getting really bad. They stay the night in the open face of the mountain, just like what the Dyatlov Pass people did, which is another really interesting. Why would you stay in the open face of the mountain? Why would you not go to the tree line or find some kind of shelter? But they stayed in the open face of the mountain. The weather started getting really bad. They woke up, ate breakfast, and then decided to go back down the mountain. And as they were, they didn't make it to the top, which they were only 100 meters away from shelter and 100 meters away from the top. They're going back down the mountain. And as they're going back down the mountain, the person that is in the back of the group starts screaming and yelling. He falls to the ground, starts bleeding out of his eyes, bleeding out of his mouth, bleeding out of his nose, in his ears. And uh, the the leader of the group runs to him and is like, uh, everyone just go down to the forest, start a fire, try and find help. She's going to stay with them, and then they, they're on their way down to the forest, and then they hear more screaming. They go back up. She's screaming, yelling, experiencing the exact same symptoms that uh, the gentleman that fell to the ground earlier is experiencing. And then before you know it, everybody in the group is experiencing the exact same thing. They're bleeding from their eyes. They're bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the ears. They're convulsing. They're all falling to the ground. One girl literally grabbed a rock and started bashing her head in until she lost consciousness. And But the interesting part of this story is that there was a survivor. One lady made it. Name was uh, Valentina Korkachov. And she ran away and was in the forest for three days and then found some kayakers. And the, uh, the kayakers got her to safety and took her to the police station where she gave her report. And that's how we know what happened. But if she wouldn't have survived, and you know, no one would have known what happened. It would have been like the Dyatlov Pass incident where all these theories and speculations could just uh, run wild with it. But that doesn't keep people from the Kamar Duban incident also creating theories and speculations. One of them is that Bigfoot puts out a infrasound and paralyzes people and can essentially kill them without even touching them. You know, but that case is very interesting. And I had Trey Hudson on and he talked about that it's possibly a nerve agent that was doing it. And they were doing uh, nerve agent testing. Russia was doing and those nerve agents can stay on the ground for a really, really, really long time. And someone gets in contact with it 
uh, and the symptoms that he described that happens with the nerve agent is exactly what was described as happening in the Kamar Duban incident. Yeah, it's the kind of the origin of uh, the zombie virus, the um, the Night of the Living Dead, but then eventually um, 28 days or 28 days later, whatever. I, I always get those. There's the Sandra Bullock. I think it was 28 days, and then 28 days later was the um, was the zombie movie. Yeah, <laughs> that meme that's talking about. I don't know how these are connected, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's 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 how, why I corrected my head finally because it's like that. Are weeks later? I, I get so confused. The Mandela effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally real. I know, but but uh, yeah, that that uh, that's where that comes from too. Is a lot of their nerve agent testing biological weapon testing that they were doing um and yeah russia has been known to do that in kind of uh you know extreme ways and accidental ways and so has the u.s and so has every other country in the world but that does that kind of thing anyways but yeah um like you said if if there wasn't the survivor and it was just you know four dead bodies or however many people there were there um that we found and all we saw was blood coming out of their eyes and ears. And, you know, one lady had her head bashed in with a rock, right? Um, the speculation could become a, another one of the UFO stories, another whatever story. But I think what the what you're pointing out is a, a problem with the whole thing. And we've done it with every other topic in conspiracy land. It's just taking it too far out in the fantasy world, right? Like taking something that makes sense as another species that we just don't have contact with and turning that into some type of hyperdimensional thing that vanishes and, and, um, and, and, and can mind controls you and all of those different things as well. And I mean, there's in my understanding of the world and the way that we're can manipulate things in this world, it would almost make sense to me that a species that's been left alone for that long would discover things like that. But at the same time, you would still be dealing with something physical, just like if we were dealing with an ET. We've talked about this in various different ways on various different topics that you know, there, there would still have to be something within the reality that represents that. And um, yeah, that's the part that gets thrown out because people here, it's the same thing with Illuminati. It's the same thing with you know so many different topics now. It's been so oversaturated with bullshit that any of the truth that existed within it has even made the word or the concept or the idea seem absurd to so many different people. Thank you, QAnon. <laughs> yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that's what it really seems like because they've taken the physical Bigfoot because it's been split into camps, right? The physical Bigfoot researchers. Uh, just like there's the physical extraterrestrial and the physical UFO researchers. And then you have the interdimensional Bigfoot people that think that the physical Bigfoot people have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Just like the people that believe that uh, extraterrestrials are spiritual and consciousness based think that the physical UFO and extraterrestrial people have no idea what they're talking about. Right. It's almost the exact same thing just duplicated for a uh, a different kind of phenomenon <laughs> yeah i don't know if people like even even thinks like our senses like go out somewhere where there's no electronics and that buzzing that you hear right now it starts to go away 
right? And even though you don't understand that it's happening, your eardrums are actually being damaged by that noise and your hearing is being impaired by that noise. And a few days in the woods with no noise, it starts to repair itself. And suddenly just like a raindrop hitting the ground is something you notice, right? So imagine yourself having maybe grown up that way. And then someone starts walking towards where you've grown up. You're going to notice them miles and miles and miles away from where you grew up. Right? You're going to hear them coming. You're going to smell them coming. They're going to be laughing. They're going to be carrying on. They're going to be doing all sorts of different stuff. And you're going to make sure that they don't see you if they get close enough, right? Or if you do, you might throw something at them to get them to stay away. That would all make sense. And that's what a lot of these people start with, right, is, is experiences like that. I'm thinking of like Sasquatch Ontario is a great example of this, where, you know, when they're beginning, that's kind of what the origin of it was. And then eventually, you know, and I, this is what happens with the community is, I think in order to keep your audience, you know, if I believe in Sasquatch, but I, I believe that they're a physical being. And then that, that means like at least 50% of the Sasquatch audience doesn't want to listen to me, like you pointed out, right? So I have to either walk both, or I have to say that they're both, or I have to do something in order to do that. And, you know, it's same thing with super soldiers and secret space program people and anything else that starts with something and escalates into something else because of the influence of other people around them. And the Sasquatch community is, is just as bad with that as any other one within conspiracy world. But yeah, just breaking it down to, again, simple logic, it's it's really hard to just explain away. Let's put it that way, right? But um, it, I mean, even the sightings are very similar from people that have claimed to see Bigfoot. They're almost identical to UFO sightings. They're almost identical to supposed extraterrestrial sightings. You know, some people will be walking in the woods and they'll see something strange and then it runs off or they run away from it. Or, you know, it's like the, the it's uncanny that almost verbatim is the exact same kind of experiences that people have with extraterrestrials and with UFOs. Now, then people would say, oh, well, Bigfoot's an extraterrestrial. Right? And whenever there's a Bigfoot sighting, you'll see a UFO or you'll see something strange in yeah. the sky. Yeah. That, uh, I, a story that I tell kind of connected to this was the first time I ever saw a wild turkey. I was just a kid. I was pretty used to being kind of out in the bush, but I had never seen a wild turkey before. And those things move in a really weird way, especially when you see them at a distance. It's like you see this thing and it's its head's doing this. <laughs> it's walking and it's, it, it, it looks really weird. And my first thought was, is that an alien? And I wanted to run. <laughs> like I, I remember that very clearly thinking, is that an alien? And should I run? And I think that most people probably would have run, but I'm not most people. So I didn't. And I let this thing get close to me and I realized, oh, you're a turkey. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said. But if you go get a regression sheen, they will tell you that it was an alien and an extraterrestrial, and you'll unlock you'll unlock that screen memory of a turkey being disguised as a alien. Duh, 
Come on, Shane, get with the program, dude. No, I, the, the same talk we were referencing earlier, it was, that's where it started, actually, as I was talking about past life regressions and hypnotism and what's going on in those senses and how we fill in the gaps, um, you know, even people with CTE and things like that. The human mind's a pretty wonderful thing, and um, it would benefit a lot of people to understand how it works. Yeah, it is a tool to make up fairy tale nonsense. <laughs> Absolutely. It does that all the time, all the time. That's what our depression and anxiety is, is fairy tale nonsense made up by our brain. Yeah. And especially within this community now, regression and hypnosis can be used for beneficial things if you don't get somebody from the spiritual community or the conspiracy community or the truth or community doing it. Like you can heal some uh, pretty interesting things. Yeah, it's not like you don't hear about people going to a hypnotist to get like hypnotized to, get, to quit smoking and then going into like talking about a UFO experience. Right. <laughs> right? That's pretty strange, huh? <laughs> what happens is people go to regressionists who deal with UFO experiences and then they get regressed into a UFO experience. Right. <laughs> if you go to a, a hypnotist who deals with past life regression, you have past life regressions. Um, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know, man. I, I think that this has something to do with being in a suggestible state. <laughs> it just seems, you know, I don't know. But there have been people that have talked about hypnotism and being regressed to uh, help with addiction and, uh, you know, help with, you know, quitting smoking, like real trained professional hypnotists and uh, regressionists, not these uh, regressionists within the community. It's a because whatever you want to happen in a regression from the community is what you're going to get. Well, that's just it, right? It's like the same idea of front-loading or leading a witness, right? Like if, if you, you are already one foot in the door by the fact that you went to that particular person, right? Like you, you didn't go to a, a, a general hypnotist. You didn't go to a psychologist that practices in hypnotism. You went to an alien regression specialist, right? So you, you've already got like the outcome in place before you're put into that state. So of course, the subconscious is going to fill in all those gaps with exactly what you imagined it to be to begin with, right? And that's, yeah, that's the hole in that particular part that keeps rearing its ugly head for people. But, you know, like, like the only reason any of this stuff works is because there's some truth to all of it, right? And that's the, that's the problem is um, separating the wheat from the shaft. Now, when it comes to Bigfoot and the physical evidence there's been several people that have claimed to have gotten uh bigfoot prints what do you think about bigfoot prints are they completely fabricated or are they made up or are they uh fakers and fraudsters like people making crop circles 
You know, like it, what's going on with that? Probably a mixed bag, right? Like I, I know one person who finds them on a regular per, like basis on his property and, you know, has his theory as to what they are, but he, I know he's not making them. You know what I mean? So, um, I, and, and in other cases, I'm sure that that's very true. Cause like I said, I fully believe that they exist and are out there. So finding the occasional track doesn't surprise me. However, um, you know, hoaxing is a thing and people like attention and getting attention and through wild stories is fun. And, you know, um, there's a lot of incentive, a lot of dangling carrots when it comes to faking a lot of that stuff too. So it's really hard to, and yeah, it's really hard knowing what I know about the way that a lot of these things work is that's exactly the way they bury shit. It's just by making it seem so crazy and so out there that the majority of people are going to dismiss it outright. And even if that majority, or sorry, the other half that don't are going to be kind of ridiculed and made fun of and picked on and like talked about and whispered about on the other side or considered weird or whatever, you know, and we're tribal creatures and they know that it's going to be a very smaller percentage of people who want to stay on that side of believing in something that, you know, the herd doesn't. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a, just a, an effective tool to bury the truth in plain sight a lot of the time. Well, the problem with because there's been a few people that have supposedly got, some hairs from Bigfoot and they've been tested and it comes back as animal hair. Well, what were they expecting to find? If Bigfoot is real and he's on the planet, he would be an animal, right? Would he yeah. not have animal hair? Would it not come back as animal hair? What are they thinking that it's going to be? And with the one, <laughs> man, I wish I could remember her name because she actually deserves a shout out because she got so run through the mud over all of that. I can't, though. I'm sorry. Um, she's probably not listening. Uh, but anyways, yeah, she. they had within it, you know, the, you know how they always say that we share DNA with chimpanzees? Well, there was just as much connection between this and human as there was between us and chimpanzee. Just obviously it was like the comparison between us and something else, right? But there wasn't a, an equal comparison between that and a chimpanzee. And so they threw it out. And that made no sense to me. It's like, it's connected to us, but it's not connected to the, what we came from. So therefore it's, well, no, that would just mean it would be a different species of hominid, right? Like a different branch on... The evolutionary tree if we're following your model that just means a different branch on the evolutionary tree that doesn't mean that it can't exist because it doesn't match a chimp that doesn't make any sense but that's the way that they will throw things like that out right because um yeah cryptozoology a lot of it started in like circus sideshows and so in, it's been in, it's been really kind of embedded in people that it is a sideshow right for a very very long time and uh yeah that's like many other things by design. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting that, I mean, if you were testing the hairs against something that is known, I mean, how would the hair of Bigfoot be really any different from the hair of any other animal or the hair on us? Like, 
how would Bigfoot hair be different than your beard hair? Well, I mean, obviously you're a human and, you know, a, a chimpanzee is a, is an animal. So would it not come back as animal hair? I don't know. I don't know anything about the scientific data analysis and all that, but I'm just trying to use critical thinking here and uh, come yeah. to a conclusion. It's just like, well, if Bigfoot is an animal, you get some of Bigfoot's hair and you test it, it's going to come back as animal hair. And it's also only been over the last few years that we've stopped accepting that as a form of valid genetic um, diagnosis because uh, my uh, former sister-in-law was actually involved with this thing where they were saying she was an alcoholic because they were testing her hair and it was showing signs of alcohol for a long time. And so long story short, they figured out that there was a flaw in the way that they were testing hair for all of these different tracers and realize that it really doesn't work properly right and that came out after all of those tests and of course it's not like we have anything else from one that we could really test but uh yeah i don't know like uh, i to me it i've seen so many things eat things and i've seen so many things eat dead things i've watched insects devour corpses i've animal corpses for the record don't uh, get too assumptive on me um you know i i there's a million different ways that my brain can think of why we don't find them right like a million caves big thing areas of the forest we never go to obviously being nocturnal or at least mostly nocturnal another thing the fact that they would hear us and smell us from miles away and would know how to hide from us another one right and i don't know it's almost like there's so much of that common sense evidence if you will stacked up against the naysaying that when i hear the naysaying i just like it almost frustrates me because it's like you guys are both basically just inventing fantastical reasons to not believe which is what a lot of people do on the other side when they want to believe so it's it's really quite a fascinating topic for me in that way well, there's a few stories of Bigfoot being super angry and harming people with, that have had encounters, face-to-face uh, -face encounters with uh, uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And to your point about uh, someone in the chat has seen uh, something not real enough to leave a corpse. There was this one story that I had heard back a long time ago of this. A uh, gentleman that was out in the middle of the woods with his friend. They were hunting really, really late. They are uh, they're coming back on the road. They see something that looks like a bear in the middle of the road. It was kind of far away. So they pull out their gun. They shoot it. Falls to the ground. They get up close to it. They realize that it's not a bear. That it's a humanoid-like creature. And then they thought you know, what should we do? Did we just, you know, kill a, a human? So they decided not to put it in the back of their vehicle and they ran off, but then decided to go back for it. And when they went back for it, it was gone. I don't know. It kind of seems like if um, maybe there were other Bigfoots or Sassies in the area and came or back and picked up their dead. You know, like or a bear dragged it away or a pack of wolves dragged it away. And, you know, there's, again, lots of very reasonable explanations for that for people who have spent time in the woods as well. Um, 
you know, I've obviously it's something I've heard Joe Rogan talk about the fact that like hunters that he knows never talk about seeing it. Right. But, um, I don't know. I've, I think that if I was a Sasquatch, I'd be the, the priority number one to avoid would be the humans walking through the forest with guns, you know, the personally, but, um, that, that's just my way of looking at things, I guess. But then there's another story uh, that I heard a really long time ago. Now I can't vouch for the the credibility of any of the stories that, that I'm telling them. I just think that it's interesting. There was a group of friends that were going up to a cabin and they were attacked by a, an entire family of Bigfoots. They were up on the ridge of the of the mountain. They were up in a cabin. They all came down and they were all just like trying to break down the door, break it down the windows. And they all had guns and they were just shooting them. It wasn't phasing them. It wasn't hurting them at all. So. Yeah. I mean, I the other part that people, I think people expect that they would be something that's isolated, but I mean, most bears aren't even unless you're a male bear, right? Like you see mothers with their cubs. Like there's, yeah, it would make sense to me that if, I was going to say if they were real, um, let's, okay, let's just go with that. If they were real, that they would probably exist in families, maybe even, like I said, tribes, groups, maybe little villages, right? It would make sense that they figured us out <laughs> and, uh, you know, through distant observation. I mean, we find tribes of humans all the time too, right? This isn't, this isn't even new in a lot of different ways. I think it's just that stretch of, something that's not human that occupies here with us and that reminds me of i keep meaning to say uh when i was working security i would like employ a lot of foreign people who just moved to canada and um what i've learned through russians some chinese people um indians even uh people from india uh that like you know these things get taught about as a an animal that you might have to watch out for if you go to certain areas like that's their territory which is the same way that the natives here the first nations people spoke about them here that like that's their forest we just don't go there right and um a lot of those forests happen to still exist as forests today and so if they were anything like us maybe just shaped a little bit different maybe a lot hairier maybe a lot more um genetically modified for this planet um then they would be forming, you know, their own little civilization, basically, and just know how to keep them away from us. There was a, I can't remember when that was, I guess it would have been the 90s. They did an X-Files episode on it, um, sightings in New Jersey. And then someone ended up shooting a dude who was just very, very hairy and living like a homeless man out in the, out in the, um, out in the bush, which is another reality. I had a friend, Ed, who... Um, his parents died when he was four and his parents lived off the grid way up north in uh, British Columbia. And so, you know, his parents died in some type of accident. He's a four-year-old kid. What do you think happened? He was stuck there by himself, right? And he figured out how to survive. He figured out how to do it, I guess. And whatever he learned in those first four years, thankfully, was enough information that he kept himself alive. And he accidentally stumbled onto other humans. And he said, like, eventually he became, you know, in a society we've we spoke we taught him english all of these things i met him years and years later but he said like i wanted to kill them like my first thought when i saw people because i didn't recognize them as me 
they were different than me because I had never seen other me's yet <laughs> other than my mom mm. and dad who by that time I had forgotten because by this time he's like 17 18 years old right so he spent more time alone living in the wilderness than he ever has around people and so when he saw her, his first thought was to attack them right so that was pretty interesting to me that that was his first thought and the other thing about that dude was like he had a type of strength that i've never seen in a human being like if there was a super soldier program they definitely should have recruited this guy because he would just you know pick things up and throw them that like you wouldn't even think and he didn't even look like you know a bodybuilder or anything he was just just kind of weird strong coming from that but you know I, he reiterated this to me. He believed in the Sasquatch. He said he, they would fuck with him all the time. Like he was like, they would like literally fuck with me. They would steal stuff from me. They were like, and, and like to him, he didn't understand at all why we didn't believe in them. He was like, dude, if I could exist out there all that time and nobody found me, <laughs> right? It was, it was his attitude towards it. And, and, and that has happened. And we know that that has happened in more cases than just his. So yeah, again. Yeah, it's... Well, also, if someone were to, uh, let's say someone just lived out in the middle of the woods, you know, and uh, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch stumbled upon them and they shot and killed them, they're not going to tell anybody. You think that they're going to report that to the police? No, people that live in the woods are very private people. Yeah. They're they're not going to alert probably anybody but maybe like one neighbor, if that. You know, um, so. Those people probably wouldn't have even shot at it. They would have figured out what it was before they pulled the trigger of something because that's what people who are actually adapted to those type of environments would do, right? And, yeah. and that's the part of it is a lot of the people who are like commenting on these things, like you live in a modern environment, you have barely gone camping. And if you have, maybe it's in a trailer, maybe in a tent drinking one night with some boys or something like that. You don't really understand how different it is out there in the forest alone, you know, and the difference in your senses, your eyes have to adapt because you don't have light like you have here, right? The dark takes on a new meaning. Quiet takes on a new meaning. Hunger takes on a new meaning. Life and existence takes on a whole new meaning that we are no longer adapted to. And I think that that's a lot of like what goes on in people's minds when they think about this thing. And if you don't have that, if you've even experienced that for like, let's say a good solid seven days of your life, it's almost mind boggling to look at it the other way. That what do you mean you don't think that these things could exist? You know how easy it would be for them to, right? Because <laughs> you know how quick like things can move. You know how quick they can move, how far away they can sense you coming if they want to. You don't. And that's part of it. Yeah, that's a, you know a, a lot of the stuff that we end up bumping into with conspiracy theories is a lot of the more wild aspects of it come from you know I know people hate the word but it's ignorance right you don't actually know how things work and therefore it's really easy to subscribe these fantastical ideas to them but uh, once you do logic ends up winning a lot of the time and that doesn't even always explain things away. Right. Sometimes, like in this particular case, I think I think that the more you actually apply the topic of Bigfoot through a logical filter, the more sense it starts to make. And um, yeah, if you kind of ignore the, um, you know, they're being dropped off here and moved around by ETs and stuff like that, then it <laughs> uh, it helps. 
It's weird because even the footage, uh, the supposed footage of Bigfoot is almost identical to UFO footage and supposed extraterrestrial footage. It's, it's super blurry. Uh, looks like it's filmed from a, a late 90s cell phone. <laughs> they got a Motorola Razor out there all blurry and shit. Which one? Uh, like, oh, which which video, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. even going back to that Patterson filming, like, you know, the, the hoax behind it, the story is perfectly in place. You know, he went out and um, I, he, he bounced a check to get that camera to specifically go out and film that day. That's sus, right? Like that, that in and of itself is enough to discredit it to most people's brains, right? Mm -hmm. Right there, right? But, um, you know, that's because we exist with recording devices being at the ready. And, and at that time, that wasn't the case right so just imagine you would see something all the time and no one would believe you no one would believe you what links would you go to in order to try and capture that thing would you do something like maybe bounce a check to get a camera probably right so again by the same logic it could be just as real there is still no monkey suit that Hollywood has even pulled off that compares to something like that. That thing had moving muscles. It had breasts that swayed. <laughs> like that was an impressive fucking monkey suit, guys. But um, yeah, yeah. And why would they put titties on uh, suit? <laughs> people don't even notice when they watch the footage. Like you actually have to pay attention. But yeah, that thing's got breasts, and those breasts move. Right. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with any women that you've ever dated who have uh, artificial breasts, but they don't move. <laughs> the ones on this monkey suit made in the 50s or whatever that was did move. A lot like an African lady's breasts would move when they were walking around topless. But anyways. Well, anybody that has um, large breasts like that, they move like move. Large natural <laughs> breasts they move <laughs> yeah. boobs aren't made out of plastic right so yeah uh, they don't they don't stand uh perky <laughs> you know but uh they probably get that for a year or two right ladies like you but i'm kidding <laughs> in the prime no uh the the patterson gimlin footage is really interesting i think we talked about it a little bit last time and we also talked about the footage that recently came out in northern uh northern colorado of the gentleman uh filming the bigfoot outside of the window of the train and then it sat down and kind of blended into the shrubbery which i still think is uh very interesting but it's kind of weird how it was first the plane remember the lady that was like that per uh, that person in back there is not real and then we get a train now and then we had the submarine hey what's going to be next what are we, what are we going to do next <laughs> well, what other poor uh, mode of transportation is going to be used now <laughs> a boat they need to do a boat i thought you were doing the planes trains and automobiles thing for a second <laughs> oh, fucking lady with her mask on on the plane making fun of conspiracy theorists Man, I, I got to tell you, my, my former employers are brilliant. 
People are stupid. Well, I mean, back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about the um, about how the United States is a very early country. I'll reference that uh, famous Joe Rogan uh, joke where he was like, you know how old this country is? It is like three people ago. You know, and he's right. It's three people ago. The country is uh, how, how old? Like 227 years old. Just turned 227 this 4th uh, this fourth of July. Like that in the average lifespan of people was like, what? Like uh, roughly say 80 years. That means your great, great, great grandparents were here when the first, uh, when the country was declared a country. Yeah. My, uh, my, I'm, my last great grandmother who died, she was still, she was alive when Canada wasn't a country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was, uh, that one always was funny to me. I'm like, you're older than the country we live in. But um, yeah. Yeah. There's man, an uh, interesting uh, clip that I found from uh, online with uh, Admiral Byrd that, uh, that I want to play here for you really quick. Uh, let me put this uh, fair use disclaimer and copyright disclaimer. This video is for educational purposes only and is covered under the Fair Use Act of 1976, where allowances made for fair use, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. And that is what we're going to be doing right now. Commenting on this clip of Admiral Byrd talking about the South Pole and the North Pole. Admiral Byrd, you've been to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Is there any unexplored land left on this earth? that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. And not up around the North Pole, because it's getting crowded up there now, because they find out it's really usable, not only to live in, but militarily. But strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from Middle America. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. Well, this is a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left mm. down at the bottom of the world. Well, Admiral, well, do you hope to see that? Interesting, right? Yeah, I let you. Uh, did you see the more modern King Kong uh, franchise movies where they eventually did Kong versus Godzilla, but that particular King Kong, it was. it's based on them having found that island that he references. And uh, having a bunch of species on it that um, have been there for all sorts of time without us finding it. And um, yeah, I mean, I've talked about it too. There are land masses that, uh, let's say, certain governments are aware of that aren't on maps, right? And um, they've even admitted to that quietly at times. So that, that shouldn't surprise anyone. But <laughs> yeah, man, the, the amount of, especially younger people, I think, who really have this idea that we've, mapped this entire world and we really haven't right like a lot of a lot of it comes from like satellite it doesn't come from boots on the ground let's put it that way yes and i don't really know what to make of the clip i think that it's definitely interesting because we know that the admiral bird diaries were complete fabrication and uh were hoaxes you know, where he claimed to have gone to the South Pole and went into the 
went into a hole, flew his plane into a hole, and then met with inner Earth beings that told him to never return and, uh, you know, about nuclear weapons and all that. We know that's a huge hoax, but Project High Jump was real, real operation. Now, what actually happened there, no one really knows. And there's been so many theories and speculations, and that's where we get the whole thought and idea that the Germans went to the South Pole and they encountered these highly advanced craft. Uh, the, the Germans were working on a decimated Admiral Byrd's fleet, and then he had to retreat. And then that's when matter. I thought it was they were trying to break the dome of the firmament and they couldn't. <laughs> trying to break the dome, they were trying to break the the ice wall to go to the d different part of the world. <laughs> Did you see? I, I put it up. It's a meme now, but it's um, you know, the picture that everyone uses as the ice wall for flat earth theory, and then like someone there today where it's like quite clearly the same set of mountains, but all the ice is gone. <laughs> kind of funny. I was like, yeah, but that's good. If the earth was flat, then cats would have pushed everything off of it by now. That's my favorite. <laughs> cats are jerks. But the clip is really interesting. And now I don't know if he's referring to in the video about Antarctica and about the South Pole, that that is what he's talking about, or if he's referring to something beyond the South Pole and beyond Antarctica, right? That would be the thing that you would have to nail down and, and really understand exactly what he was talking about. Was he saying that, was he talking about the South Pole? Because there's a, there's a clip after that that talks about uh, oil and mining and uh, uh, uranium possibly being in uh, at the South Pole and that it's going to, that, that the amount of oil that's down there is just unbelievable. There's more oil there than there is in the rest of the world. So it, it makes it seem like, I don't know if the clip is stitched together or put together differently because whenever it zooms out, when he's actually making that statement that there's a area that's as big as the United States down below the South Pole, uh, it doesn't actually show his face. It's like the camera angle is back and it's just of the other gentleman and him. So I don't know if the clip could have been altered or whatever, but it's uh, definitely very interesting yeah it's uh you know it's nothing we haven't heard before in various ways and like you said operation uh high jump was a real thing so um th there is obviously more going on down there than we know right and i think that um you know it's, it's probably a lot closer to testing facilities and the stuff that we have found out so far than you know some of the more fantastical stories but quite obviously it's a place that has been used by various governments in the world to hide shit right so um yeah yeah it's uh and you know that theory has always uh been permeate permeating through the community that if you go beyond the ice wall there's a whole other civilization i mean it's even parodied in uh that cartoon show inside job on netflix which I freaking love Inside Job. It's an incredible uh, cartoon uh, parody 
show it has like all the conspiracy theories in it and they just all like wrap it up into one show it's it's incredible but they were like yeah we know that uh we don't want to make the atlanteans mad because the the atlanteans live on the other side of the world and they have advanced technology and they'll just wipe us out so Oh, interesting show. Anybody that wants to uh, get a good laugh in that likes this type of stuff, watch Inside Job on Netflix. Incredible show. I still haven't checked that out. But, but I mean, it kind of makes sense that if there was a other civilization of beings that were slightly more advanced than us, then they would live in an area that normal human beings couldn't get to. Yeah, it would make sense, right? And, um, the old myths of the Amazon being an island off the coast, coast of what we call the Amazon now, also being echoed in um, Wonder Woman. I don't know if you ever saw the the movie, the the origin story for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, but uh, that was that's in that as well. That the Amazon is actually this island that. Um, has some type of cloaking around it so that we can't see it, basically. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's truth in most of that type of fiction as well. And, uh, you know, when I hear what he's saying, and between what I also know of the place, like, I think basically what he's alluding to is that it's just not a giant ice continent like everyone is told. That, that it's actually, like, some of it is actually livable. I think because at the time that he said that people believed the same thing about the North and South Pole, and we now that now know, and he kind of alluded to it there, that the North Pole has become crowded, as he put it, that we, we figured out we can actually live up there. It's not as bad as we thought it was. And I think that the same is true on the other side. They just never said so. <laughs> right? it's, yeah. Yeah. it's like yeah, the Iceland and Greenland thing. So we're going to call it Iceland because it'll keep people away. <laughs> when it's actually warm and Greenland is actually cold. And we'll call it Greenland because it'll make people come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, if you think about it too, there was this movie that I watched. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about an alien invasion and it had uh, John Goodman in it. And there was an alien invasion. and But the aliens came from within the earth. It came from underwater. And whenever the high up government officials wanted to go meet with the aliens, they would get into this like the slide elevator type shaft thing and they would be launched down into the ocean. Yeah, sounds about right. And meet the aliens. All right. The aliens. <laughs> it's another concept. Like, I, how long does an alien? have to be on a planet before they're just native. <laughs> I think they're all native. They're all native. If they exist, they're native to earth. They're from here. They've come from here. They've and they've always been here. Before we do go, my favorite um, concept within flat earth theory is still the um, bubble wrap theory that it's basically like a sheet of bubble wrap and each bubble is a, another earth. So you've got like ours and then next to it is like the reptilian one and next to it is like Atlantis and all of these different uh, myths that we have are all just different bubbles on the sheet of bubble wrap. 
That's kind of what inside job implies too, is that there's, uh, you know, the Atlanteans are over here, the uh, Lemuria is over here, and then we're here, and then all this other stuff is going on on the planet, and the planet is way bigger than what we've been led to believe. Cool. Very interesting stuff. Well, thanks so much, Shane. Really appreciate your time this evening. Wonderful chat. Uh, can you let people know where to find you? Um, after the link tree slash Shane underscore Sador, you'll find all my links there. Yes, sir. And uh, the link is in the description of this video. And uh, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, much love to everyone in the chat. Please be sure to hit the thumbs up button, help the channel in the algorithm. Share, subscribe, hit the bell icon as well for notifications and check out my documentary JFKX solving the crime of the century with the 60th anniversary coming up on Wednesday. You're going to want to know what really happened to JFK almost 60 years ago. And uh, I will see you guys next time. Peace.